Hello, hello. Welcome to another Learn English with Football YouTube show, which I broadcast every Monday here on this YouTube channel, Teachers Danek YouTube channel. And as always, we've got fantastic guests here to talk about football and especially the Premier League. And this time we have got uh, someone making a debut and his name is Henry. Hi, Henry. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, welcome. So you are Pan's friend, yeah? That's right. Yeah, yeah. We uh, yeah we work work together sometimes, and uh, yeah, he's uh, a good friend of mine here. Fantastic. Pan is our regular. He is a Leeds fan. But Henry, can I guess which team you support? I can see you have a really interesting name, and there's one legend that obviously that we all all Ars all arsenal fans know very well including myself and Rup. um are you an arsenal fan because your name is Henry. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right actually i lived in south america and uh, there, there was one of my many many nicknames was uh yeah was henry as in Henry. Yeah. not yeah. because of my football skills but just because of my name yeah i, I have to i have to admit that i i didn't I didn't guess it. Henry, Henry told me beforehand that he is an Arsenal fan. So, you know. <laughs> but with this name, you can't support any other team. Come on. No, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. It was it, it, in the stars, wasn't it? It was supposed to be. Exactly, and uh, we also have Clive here. Clive, welcome back. Good evening. Thank you. Good evening, gents. You yeah. don't have to. We don't have to explain who Clive is because he has been on the show many times. He is our uh, faithful, regular, and obviously a West Ham fan. Yes, indeed. Yep, yeah. I am indeed. And, <laughs> and then we have Nrup here as well. Yeah, Nrup, an Arsenal fan, yes. uh, future future doctor. He's studying medicine in Prague. And I think what I have to do now is to plug you guys so this is Nrup Instagram if anybody needs a doctor in the future you might as well follow Nrup he's an up-and-coming uh, medic so this is Nrup's Instagram this is Clive's YouTube channel Green Street Elites and last but not least this is Henry's uh, website and his Instagram as well uh, Henry you are an English teacher right yeah, yep. Yeah, I do sort of English coaching, I suppose, and uh, and and also sort of things like copywriting, you know, copy editing, mm -hmm. proofreading, uh, the, anything related to the English language. Really, I'll have a go at it. Lovely. And just like your friend Pan, you're based in Finland, right? That's right. Yep, in Helsinki. Yeah, we're here cool. in the darkness. <laughs> How many how many hours of of daylight do you have? Uh, at the moment, it's okay. You know, we it, okay. it sort of gets dark. Um, gosh, about about an hour ago, I suppose it got dark. But yeah, um, yeah winter is coming very very quickly. <laughs> the, the the change from summer to winter is very fast over here. So, Was that a Game of Thrones reference as well? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the original Game of Thrones over here. Yes. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. But we are here not to talk about the Game of Thrones, even though it is my second favorite thing almost. But no, we are here to talk about football. And uh, the first segment that we have here is uh, called Matches We Have Seen. 
So this week we are covering two two rounds actually. Yeah. So um, uh, there was a midweek round and then the weekend round. So it's uh, game week five and game week six. So I'm gonna ask you now which matches you guys have seen, and uh, we just we just mentioned those matches. We don't talk about them yet. Yeah. So who would like to start? I can go. Uh, I watched uh, Arsenal versus Aston Villa in the midweek. And I did watch yeah. highlights of uh, Manchester City over Nottingham Forest. And uh, I think it was Chelsea's... I'm not sure which it was. was it Chelsea Southampton? Southampton or Southampton, Chelsea West Ham? No, no, no. I watched the midweek. So Southampton oh. versus Chelsea. And then I watched yesterday, yesterday's game, Arsenal versus uh, Manchester United. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Any matches on Saturday? None. I couldn't None. follow. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I'm sure Clive saw some matches on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, uh, midweek, I went to the London Stadium for the West Ham Tottenham game. Nice. Uh, that was a really good experience. I took my brother with me, uh, my older brother. Um, mm -hmm. He hadn't been to the London Stadium yet, so I took him with me. Um, that was a really good experience. Not so great with the uh, result, but, you know... And uh, honestly, I, the only game I saw at the weekend was the um, the Brighton and uh, who was it? Brighton played. Uh, Brighton played Leicester. Leicester. Brighton Leicester. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that game, and obviously the West Ham Chelsea game. Yeah, so, <laughs> I thought. I thought oh, so you saw two games at the weekend. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, fantastic, uh, Henry. How about you? Very similar to Nrup, actually. Uh, oh. Yes, I, I I managed to see the the Arsenal game uh, midweek against Aston Villa, and then uh, yeah, the um, I saw some of the the game yesterday, um, Arsenal again. And, okay. Uh, I've seen a few highlights. I think I saw the yeah. Man City highlights. And who did Liverpool play midweek? Um, no, they didn't. They didn't. Are you sure? No, I think everybody played. I, I think like everybody I played. I, I think everybody I feel played. Like I saw Liverpool midweek. I as think well. Liverpool. I you know, yeah, yeah they, but they played on Thursday, so yeah, with Arsenal. Is it uh, Newcastle? No, no, no. Newcastle, yeah. They, Newcastle, they yeah. Newcastle. That's right. Yeah. I think I saw yeah. some highlights of the new Liverpool Newcastle game as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was. Oh yeah, that was the game that that was decided in the dying minutes when when the referee. Yeah. Like, yeah uh, the referee should have blown the whistle, but he was supposed to just give ex five extra minutes. And in the end, they scored like in the eighth minute of extra yeah. time or something. Oh, Added time. New, so it was mad. The new Fuji time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad, yeah. Okay, guys. And uh, okay, I seem to be the biggest nerd uh, of us all. I saw, first of all, mm, I saw the. West Ham Tottenham game and Arsenal Aston Villa game. I was actually watching both games at the same time. Can you imagine, guys? I had like two oh, screens, two screens on my laptop because those are my two favorite teams, and I wanted to see both matches. So yeah. <laughs> that was mad. And then um, later, later uh, the weekend, I saw a lot of matches as well. I saw the Everton Liverpool game, yeah, um, Chelsea West Ham game. I, that was the game I picked for that. 4 p.m. slot or for you guys from the UK, 3 p.m. And then I watched Aston Villa, Manchester City as well. And then on Sunday, Brighton, Leicester, like Clive, 
and obviously Manchester United Arsenal after that. Okay, so let's start talking about some game week highlights. Okay, so I know Clive can't stay till the end. So what, what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about West Ham games first because what I do on this show is that um, most importantly, we have to cover the games of, of my guests, yeah? So let's talk about West Ham. So Clive mentioned that he had been to the London Stadium with his brother and it was the first time for him there. And yeah. um, obviously not first time for you, Clive, right? How often do you go to, to the London Stadium uh, to watch well, the games? I'm not a season ticket holder yet. So, um, and I've only recently started coming back to the stadium after a long spell away. Um, in fact, the last game I went to before last season was at the bowling ground in 1986. So, um, yeah, so it was a long break. Um, but last year I went to 11 games at the stadium, yeah. including four um, European games. Okay, that's quite a, quite a few. Yeah, and I've been three times this season so far and I'll be going on Sunday. Nice. <laughs> so... So you managed to you managed to get a draw against Spurs, but I actually thought in that game you played really well. I thought so too. Uh, first twenty minutes we were okay, um, and then for the rest of the first half we seemed to be very lacklustre and not yeah. not really keen on on possession of the ball. Uh, we allowed Tottenham far too much possession, if I'm honest. Um, but in the second half we picked it up. And we started playing a little more like the West Ham that we were last season. Yeah. Now, we haven't really, up until Thursday's game, we hadn't really, West Ham hadn't really given me as much confidence as they did on Thursday against Tottenham. I mean, it was a much, much better game from our perspective. Yeah. Quite happy yeah. with the result. And, and obviously, me as someone who is from the Czech Republic, I'm, I was proud that Tomáš Soucek scored his first Premier League goal of this season. And it was a beautiful goal. But, really yeah. well taken. He had he had very little time on the ball. It was instinctive. It mm. was a striker's goal, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's good at this. He's good at arriving late in the box, as we know. Tomáš yeah. Soucek. But we have to mention we have to mention Antonio's assist because that was out of this world, wasn't it? Uh, probably one of the best assists I've seen this season in any other games that I've watched of any team. You know, it was an absolutely incredible uh, assist. <laughs> you know, it, it really wasn't expected, and it was really, really well put across. Beautifully done. Did West Ham have chances to win the game? Oh uh, yes, we hit. the the woodwork a few times and you know but in fairness Tottenham had their chances as well not as often as we did but um they had their chances they failed to finish them as well so you know it was quite an even game you know I'm satisfied with the 1-1 draw um I would have been a lot happier with a win obviously but uh you know playing against Tottenham in their current um well in their in their current form, uh, it's a, it's a difficult task for any team at this moment in time, and yeah. I was really pleased with the performance we finally put in. 
absolutely absolutely so obviously this was a london derby and i you know those those two those two teams their fan bases are not very far from each other and as we know west ham fans hate tottenham fans and so do arsenal fans <laughs> so uh henry um are you happy with uh, west ham robbing um um, Tottenham off a few points. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really see. If if the objective this year is top four, then <laughs> I'm going to be watching like everything that Tottenham does because I think they are basically the, the main rivals for one of the yeah. top four places. Um, I'd like to know how they played actually. What what you thought, Clive, about uh, Tottenham? Um, well, do you know what I thought that. Um... The midfield and the back line were pretty tough, pretty resolute. Um, they worked well together, I felt. And and they were creating opportunities for their front strikers, you know, for their attacking players. Um, but equally, our defence and our midfield did really well as well to stop them from getting too close to, to creating too many chances. Um Tottenham played quite well. Um, they weren't actually really well equipped enough, I don't think, to play us on the day. I, I mean, as I said, you know, we haven't played well this season. And we always seem to pick up our game when we're playing a London rival. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, Thursday was no different. You know, we could quite easily have come away with all three points. But that wasn't because Tottenham were rubbish. It was just because we kind of had the mark of them, you know. It was mm -hmm. like anything they did, we counteracted. And and to be fair, that's mm -hmm. testament to, you know, the tactics and the managerial instructions, etc. for our team. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Tottenham are a, a dangerous animal to play with, that's for sure. But we managed they, to survive um... it with a draw. You know. Do they have many? Do they have many tricks, or is it largely sort of playing on it, the counter attack? There was a lot of um, triangular play between players um, going through the field, um, but the only the only two that really tried any tricks really were Son, uh, like he does. Um, and to be fair, you know when he was doing his trick tricky stuff, he was actually quite useful, but he just didn't look like he was going to score. He really no. didn't look like he was going to score. Uh, and the only other one that was kind of tricky for us was uh, Kulishevsky. Hmm. Um, uh, but to be fair, he's the only player in that side at this moment in time that I really fear. I'm, hmm. I'm not too worried about Harry Kane. He's gone a little bit limp lately. Um, yes, he's had a few goals, but, you know, they've been more or less put on a plate for him. Um, he's tracking back too much so I really don't sort of fear him as much I know he's a dangerous striker but um, I think Kulishevsky is far more um, dangerous and far, you know, much much more of a worry for many teams mm. It looks like uh, Son's form went a little bit stale in the group, right? Hasn't scored any goals What do you think uh, about him? Because he, I think he was a joint Top goal scorer last season with Mohamed last Salah, if, if, exactly. if I'm not mistaken. So what's happening? What's what's wrong with his form this season? Hasn't scored a single goal in six matches. Haaland already has ten, right? <laughs> definitely, but I, I think it's just uh, the responsibility that uh, 
uh, he has now because you know because of, because of Antonio Conte. Yes, he he's the new leader of the team. Back mm. before, it was who some 38 year old manager who was like a senior player to all of these Tottenham players. So yeah, I think the pressure has been less to the players and the manager knows what he's he's doing. And I think mm. yeah, I think maybe because of that, Son has hasn't been doing much well. And also there has been some sort of rotation in the team, yeah. considering how Kulusevski is the is the dribble guy. And so now he, I think, looks more to score because you know how Harry Kane is he uh, mm. at, the, in the, at the beginning of the season. He yeah. does have some sort of drought and then later in the mid-season, he goes on scoring some, I don't know, juice. Yeah. yeah. I also want to ask uh, one last thing and then we will move on to the other West Ham game. Um, okay. Do you know? Do you know how you have that chant um, when, like Antonio chant, Antonio, Antonio, yeah. Antonio, Antonio, Antonio. I'm a little bit out of tune, yeah, but a uh, <laughs> little bit. Don't, don't worry, there's sixty-two and a half thousand people in the London Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to ask you about this specific chant because yeah. I have noticed that Tottenham fans sing exactly the same chant. Because they have a manager whose name is Antonio Conte, so <laughs> okay. So did that happen in the stadium? Did that happen actually? Sorry. Yeah. Here's a real, real simple answer to your query. Tottenham cannot create songs of their own. <laughs> okay. Oh, when the what is it? Oh, when the Spurs go marching in, that's a Southampton song, <laughs> right? That's when the Saints go marching in. So. You know, they borrowed that. They've also borrowed the Antonio, Antonio, and they've also <laughs> borrowed... Um, we had a song that used to go, um, we've got Super David Boys, you know, this is what we need. Uh, Zuma at the back, Bowen in attack, we're going to win the Europa League. That was the chant that we had last year. <laughs> Tottenham are doing it now with their own players. It's... <laughs> It's quite comical. They they actually can create a song of their own. I've, I've never heard. Um, sorry about that. I've never heard an original song from Tottenham yet. <laughs> I've been supporting. I've been supporting West Ham for fifty four years, and I've never heard an original Tottenham song in that time. Okay. Well. I'm not going to argue against this, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay then, fantastic. So um, the other West Ham game wasn't as successful as this one. You, no. Unfortunately, you were defeated by Chelsea. So um, just before I let Clive talk about this, did any of you two guys, Rup and Henry, see the match? I, I saw it, but did you two see it? Or did no, you see the highlights at least? Not even the highlights. Which game was this? Sorry, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, West Ham. Oh, I saw, I saw the uh, controversial. I only saw the tweets. Controversial by <laughs> That's enough because that's that's the main, that's the main thing, right, Clive? <laughs> okay, uh, I, I would like to correct you if you don't mind. Uh, we weren't defeated by Chelsea. We were defeated by VAR. <laughs> Okay, now that VAR there. decision, even the referees, uh, I can't remember the um, abbreviation for the referees association, but even they've come out and said today, sorry, we got that one wrong. 
being there. PGMOL, is it? I think it's the PGMOL. Um, yeah, they come out and said, yeah, sorry, we got that one wrong. We get that every okay. time we have a VAR decision against so, us. So just to explain, yeah. So basically, yep. Chelsea were 2-1 up. And yes. then in the dying minutes of the match, and I think it was the 92nd minute or something like that, minute, yeah. West Ham scored a brilliant goal, which referee gave first. But then VAR returned to that because for, for an alleged foul on Jared Bowen by the goalkeeper Mandy. But I think there was a lot of play acting involved in that incident, Clive, yeah. don't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, the actual offence was by Jared Bowen on Mendy, not by, not by Mendy on Bowen. Um, and they they oh, were sorry, saying yeah. that he stamped on Mendy or that he kicked him. He actually, Mendy dived at his feet. Hmm. Um, and as a result of that, Bowen had to step over him. And his trailing foot caught Mendy no. somewhere. Somewhere. Arms, head, somewhere. I don't know. It was a life-threatening collision, you know, according to Mendy. He Is that sarcasm? <laughs> but he was also holding his shoulder, even though he hadn't, he hadn't uh, like, kicked him in the shoulder. So what was that about? Why was Mendy holding his shoulder as if something terrible yeah, happened to him? Trying to get Bowen sent off, probably. <laughs> um, I mean, th th these are the kind of tricks that, you know, teams are coming up with. Lots of teams are doing it. Um, yeah. You know, so we were actually robbed, I do believe. And I, I wouldn't say that if it had been a 50-50 decision, but that was clearly not a pen, uh, like a, a foul. That was clearly not um, Jared Bowen's fault. If anything, it was a 50-50 incident. Mm. The goalkeeper came out, as you one, as one would expect, uh, and Jared Bowen was still travelling. So he did everything he could to avoid the collision, in my opinion, and in yeah. many, many other people's collision, uh, opinions. Um, yeah. The only person on the day that thought it was a penalty, other than the referee, was Thomas Tuchel. Even okay, Chelsea players said that shouldn't have been given. No. Uh, and let's ask Henry, who saw the incident. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, I, I largely agree. The only thing I would say is that as Bowen was jumping over Mendy, the foot was sort of trailing a bit, like, unnaturally, I would say. I, w I was wondering if he was sort of half fishing for a penalty, thinking if I if I go over him and get contact <laughs> here... Then... A little bit, he might get a penalty, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was any stamping or anything, but just sort of, like, think, you know... There you was see no intent on Bowen's, um, on Bowen's part, I don't think. You know, the only intent might have been it that, yeah, as you say, is maybe I'll get a penalty out of this. So, you know, um, but in the end, he wouldn't have needed it because the ball fell to Cornet, who beautifully tucked it away. Yeah. Would um, have been his first West Ham goal as well. It would have been his first goal for West Ham, yeah. And, you know, to score it away from home at Chelsea would have been quite a nice thing for him, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, not to be, you know, and as you say, we were defeated. Um, came away with no points at all. Um, came away heartened by the, the, the performance of the players, though. Um, Skamaka looked good. Um, and our Wait, did, new... did, did, did Skamaka play? Uh, I thought, not I thought Skamaka, he was... sorry. Not Paqueta. 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 Paqueta yeah. looked good. Um, and um, Kera looked also good as well two of our new players Cornet come on and 
look sharp, look ready for it. Um, I've got a feeling we've got some good stuff to come this year. You know, I'm yeah. really, really hopeful that um, David Moyes utilises the new players in a way that is effective, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and these eight or nine minute substitutions at the end of a game don't really help the players that are coming on. You know, they've got so much to do in so little time. Yeah. It's not fair on them, you know. But, uh, you know, David Moyes knows what he's doing. You know, we have faith in him. We trust him. You know, he's he's had a fantastic window for us this year. Um, so, you know, we're just hopeful of be- bigger and better things to come during the course of the season. Do you think it is likely, Nrup, that better things are to come for West Ham in the course of the rest of the season? How do you see... What, what's your prediction of West Ham's uh, form? I mean, honestly, the thing is that it, it's not all depending on West Ham. You know, as you can see, the football gods, VAR, I'm not sure if that's a god or a demigod, but yeah, you know, they're influencing the the form and the decisions and, you know, it's creating some sort of negative energy around mm-hmm. uh, the club. And I mean, we have been suffering from it for years, for seasons. So, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I hope things go well for West Ham. Thank well, you. looking at the table right now, uh, West Ham are in the relegation zone, aren't they? They yeah, are. Uh, they are in the 18th place yeah. with four points only. Yeah. What, what do you think about that, Henry? Isn't that too little? I don't know. I think David Moyes, he's he's a clever bugger, and I think he'll <laughs> uh, he'll he'll sort them out. I think, uh, yeah, he's. I think he's a very good manager that sort of uh, had a bit of a hard time at a couple of jobs, but yeah. I think uh, last yeah, season we saw David Moyes. Yeah, yeah, and I I think he knows what he's doing, and I'm happy for him to do it. I, I like him because he takes you know he takes points off uh, the big teams as well. Which yep. is which is good, yeah. Yep. Great, great. So, um, unfortunately, only one point from these two uh, London derbies could have been better, but it is could what it is. A lot better, yeah. I mean, yeah. We also have to understand that you know, Chelsea are no pushovers. You know, no. Um, we go into that game knowing it's going to be a tough game, knowing that. You know, there's every chance that we're going to get hit on the counter. Um, you know, because uh, Chelsea play a very similar game to the way we're playing at the moment, uh, yeah. with the counter attacking, um, not having all the possession. You know, allowing other teams to come onto you and breaking away and stuff like that. Um, so it was always going to be a difficult game against Chelsea. Uh, we always knew that, but to be coming away with no points for no fault of our own, you know, and, and, and literally it's in the hands of the gods, as you said, the footballing gods, um, you know, uh, Stockley Park have a lot to answer for. And it's not just our game that happened in, you no. know, look at the Newcastle game. Um, yeah. And what was the other one? Um, a lot of games. We yeah. could talk about the Arsenal. We're going to talk about the Arsenal game later on. Yeah. Then... Um, there were other incidents. There was one in the Aston Villa City game where Aston, that, that was that was a different kind of problem because um, Aston Villa scored a really nice goal 
uh, to win the game against Manchester City. Can you believe that? They were in that position. But then the referee decided to blow the whistle because, because the linesman flagged an offside. But later, yeah. cameras showed that the that player wasn't offside. So uh, that was really, really disappointing. I think, wasn't it Coutinho who scored the goal? It yeah, was a lovely goal, too. Yeah, it was a brilliant goal. So that was really, really disappointing. And then there was also a goal that Brighton scored. Mac Allister scored an absolute yeah. worldie. Yeah. Goal of the that season. was an amazing, like, um, long distance sh um, shot. And that, yeah. that goal was also chalked off. So, mm. Mm. and th those were not clear cut decisions to me. And the, my problem mm. with VAR is yeah, so they say VAR is to overturn a decision if the referee makes a clear or ob clear and obvious error, right? And then yeah. what happens is they are they are sent to the screen to check if if they were wrong, they can still um, stick to their original decision. And then they they are there in front of the screen. And in I saw all these four incidents I've just mentioned. And I think in every single case, they were there for so bloody long, like yeah. at least 30 seconds. And yeah. if it's clear and obvious, why would you be there for so bloody long? Like if it's clear yeah. and obvious, all you need to do is to just look at it for <laughs> 10 seconds. But yeah. they... They kept looking at the same, at the same thing, at the same angle. Um, at the same camera angle, like they saw it like five times. So, what were they think? What were they thinking about, Henry? Like, if it's clear and obvious, why do you need to see the same thing like five times yeah. to create even yeah. more tension? Like, <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't get it. Completely, and completely ruins the flow of the game. You know, one one of my favorite things in football was when uh, a team was sort of building the pressure and you know starting to get on top and attacking more and more and more and you could really feel that something was happening something was yeah. coming you know and then it was can the defense hold on and and withstand this sort of pressure and now with you know var in the middle of that the referee's got to go over and look at the television for four minutes and we've all got to stand there and watch him as as all of the atmosphere dies and all of the uh, energy dies in the game everything dies yeah and it's like well thanks great <laughs> we just completely ruined that and the thing that really bothers me is that you know we we've ruined the sort of flow of the game and we haven't resolved anything it's not, not okay we, we're That's... not sort of like you know we're, we're not exactly. solving all of these problems for football we've just got all the same problems but now but we've got the... this broken game yeah. this is supposed to make things easier this is supposed to fix things this is supposed technology is supposed to be almost perfect right if not perfect but then the problem is that the technology is being used by actual people who are inconsistent <laughs> about their decisions nope right they are, there is no Absolutely. consistency level so what they did this season rupia is that they decided to they i think they changed the style a little bit so they said at the beginning of the season that they would let the game flow a little bit more yeah so not everything would that might have been a foul last season would have been would be a foul this season so what on earth happened this weekend it was just i thought it was just the worst var moment like in a long time honestly i think it's the worst weekend for the var yeah. uh, since since the onset of var i mean <laughs> even in the first week they got some of the decisions right 
you know. <coughs> but um, on the on the subject of the people that are, it's not the system that's at fault. It's the people operating the system. Yeah. Or or the people that are associated with the system. Um, and I think that you know every club should have a representative at Stockley Park when their team's playing to assist the VAR decisions, not to make them, but to assist them. You know, an ex-player maybe who would understand the the, the sequence of, of play a little more than a referee might or than, you know, like just some bod from an office. You know, um, I think maybe an ex-player or a club representative should be there to be able to assist. With the or VAR. one of us. Or one of us, you know, like if if, the, if one of us is there, it's gonna it's definitely gonna be better than this. Like can't be any worse, well, right? Definitely, if it was you, definitely. <laughs> Not I'm, that, I think. Yeah, uh, they wouldn't let me near Arsenal or West Ham. That's the problem. <laughs> no, true, but no. um, you know, I mean, like if they did have, say, for example, on Saturday, if they had had a representative of Chelsea, say an ex-player, for argument's sake, Jim Luca Viali. Right. Let's just say it was him and say Tony Cotty, who represented West Ham. If they'd have been there, they would have been able to assist with that decision a lot better, I think. You know, because they've had experience in that kind of scenario as a player. You know? All right. Nrup, so, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I just wanted to add that I think the referees uh, should also have uh, a proper match interview, post-match interview about what the decision was and what they did because such things need to be recorded for future because it's not really helping. And the yeah. way it's worsening, I think they need to... It's almost like there's no accountability. Yeah, yeah. but that, that would be so much pressure on the referees. Imagine that. Yeah, I want I mean, to ask Henry... <laughs> That's true. I want to ask Henry, so... When the referee goes to the screen and he's there for like 30 seconds or I don't know, God knows how much, how long. And then, so what's going through their head? So I think personally, I think what's going through their head is, well, I think I was right. And then why don't they, why, why don't they overturn the, the VAR decision? What do you think? Because it almost never happens, right? They almost always go with what the what VAR says. Whenever the referee runs to the screen, we all know what's going to happen, Henry. So why is that? Yeah, I guess so. I, I, it's it's also completely distorted because they're watching this slowed down version of the game where you can see yeah. every sort of tiny touch from about five different angles, and and that's not at all relevant to the context of the real game. You know, you can you can see all sorts of things that almost don't exist in real life when you slow them down and put like all these super cameras on them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it just it's just a very weird thing. I just scrapped a lot of it to be honest. I was I liked football before. I thought it was all right. I don't know what the great problem was. <laughs> I think I think I I, th I thought the the time when VAR was at its best was at the Euros. I thought I thought it was brilliant I, there. I think it was at the FIFA World Cup as well. Yeah, so now now we, we can only hope that it will be the same for the for the World Cup in Qatar. But during the Euros, you've got to remember there were you know uh representatives in the VAR of many different countries. So mm. 
you know, it kind of worked better because it was a, like an international hmm. gathering of, you know, officials. Yeah. Um, yeah. But therefore, I think, you know, I think the understanding would have been a lot better um, hmm. by, you know, by the fact that there are many nationalities there. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, usually a group of different nationalities would normally create chaos. But with something like that, when you're looking at a screen and you're deciding, is that offside or is that not offside? You know, I think, you know, with, with the um, the opinions of people, you know, other people from other countries, it's going to help because not everybody's going to have the same opinion. No. You know? and, and I think, you know, the fact that, you know, like in Germany, for example, the tackling and stuff is so much harder. And, you know, they kind of do tend to get injured a lot more in Germany than they do in the UK. Um, because the game is a lot tougher. It's not a harder yeah. game, it's a tougher game. Um, so, therefore, a German referee might see something different to an English referee, mm. you know. So, maybe that's the answer. Maybe have the occasional... You know, yep. uh, continental referee as part of the VAR team, and we do the same by sending someone out to their VAR. You know, like a, as long a as, as, long as they get the visa now after Brexit, we don't know what what will well, happen yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> but then we also anyway, know that UEFA have got so much sway; they could probably get visas for you know <laughs> anybody. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we have to talk about Arsenal now as well. Um, well I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go. Yeah, but um, you... it was really nice chatting with you guys. Thank you for allowing Clive. me. Time. Clive, do yeah. you want to quickly give us your hero and villain of the week before you go? Then, okay. Well, obviously, my villain of the week is going to be the referee from Saturday. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but he is the, my hero. He's my the villain VAR referee. Of the you mean the VAR referee? Yeah. yeah well, the, the entire lot. The, the entire. <laughs> In fact, my villains of the week are the entire officials, including VAR from the Saturday game. The villain assisting referee, VAR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and my hero of the week, um, it's got to be Erlen Haaland. <laughs> Come on. Ten goals in four games. Come on. He only scored four goals in these last, last two games. Come on. <laughs> Ten goals in four games. All right, fair enough, fair enough. That's my hero of the week. <laughs> All right. Thank you very Thanks much, Clyde. Much, Thanks, as always, yeah? Take, Take care, care nice man. See you. see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. So let's talk about the Arsenal game. I mean, there are two games that we could talk about. But we, <laughs> I have to tell you, we are a little bit running out of time because there was so much to discuss with Clyde. So why don't we just just sort of go like we don't we don't have to talk about the Aston Villa game like it was a good performance Aston Villa um, um, came out defeated from that game like we beat them 2-1 right who, who scored actually, the winner actually it T was 2-1 right they who scored Martinelli. the first goal it was Martinelli and then oh Martinelli oh, scored the winner yeah oh, oh yeah, no, yeah Martinelli and Jesus that was Jesus Gabriel Jesus, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so that was a good win. I thought we were dominant in that game. Like that's, I think, yeah, it was just in the line with the game with the previous games. I thought like a home game, we did really yeah. well. Aston Villa, no chance. I think maybe we could have converted more of those chances we had. Really. Absolutely. But apart from that, 
three points counts, right? But then, then it happened at the weekend. And we, we have been talking about VAR a lot, but we have to mention VAR again, unfortunately, because again. in the Manchester United-Arsenal game, it kind of all started with um, a goal that was disallowed, right, Henry? Uh, Henry. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, Martinelli scored after there was a a tackle, a foul by Odegaard, uh, and yeah, the ball sort of went through, I think, to Saka, and then was it Saka who played it through to Martinelli? And Martinelli just the sweetest finish, uh, yeah. such a good goal. But um, yeah, again, went back to VAR. The Man United fans, as uh, Man United players, as they do, surrounded the referee. Uh, Bruno Fernandes. Especially Bruno, say, yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, just awful, awful. I can't player, stand this guy. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm sorry. I can barely, I can barely watch the screen when he's on it. But anyway, he, uh, yeah, he was there at the front of the complaints. They checked it yeah. and decided that uh, it was a foul by Odegaard. So they, yeah, the goal, goal was called off. But yeah, I don't know. It's it, the thing that really bothers me was that. Um, I thought we were doing, was it called let it flow now? When, you know, these sort of challenges are supposed to be sort of okay yeah. now. And we've yeah, been I've, watching I've mentioned Arsenal. it, exactly. Exactly. Been, and even the referees. And the referee didn't, been, did, yeah. didn't consider it a foul. He no. was standing next, right next to it. It was foul on Ericsson, by the way. Yeah, Christian yeah. Ericsson. And he was, he it, was okay, it, it was like a soft like a soft clip like yeah. i i saw it like then when you when you saw it on replay you could see that he did touch him a little bit but it was mm -hmm. a soft and there was a challenge wasn't there a challenge at the beginning of the game um uh, one of the was it marti what's his name martinez he got away Martin, with like yeah. a challenge with, with a rec really yeah. reckless challenge that could have been yeah. a yellow and the and referee Saka. decided to just that let it flow yeah the referee mm -hmm. decided to let it flow because sometimes when you when you don't like punish the players too harshly, like it can be a good game, right? It's like a com com mm -hmm. um, what's the word for it? Competi good competitive game full of full of challenges and combat. And so he was just trying to be consistent with his decisions. So why on earth did this happen, Noop? I have no idea. I also don't forget McTomney. I mean, the way he has played, I remember if it was Shaka, he would have been sent off easy. He's wrestling. He was wrestling one of one of our players. Yeah, I think he was, he wrestling. was wrestling. I don't think there was proper football. I mean, on paper, yeah. I mean, on paper, that uh, that tackle on, on Ericsson was a foul. But the thing is, it wasn't yeah. clear and intentional. It wasn't. And uh, yeah. And there yeah. is context to the game. You have to look at the context. Yeah. You have to compare it to yeah. other decisions as well. And, and again, the referee stood there in front of the screen. I thought in his head, he was like, I'm going to give this go. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. Yeah. I'm going to give it. And then he chick he chickened out for some reason. I don't know if his, if the person in the VAR, in, in VAR is, is his boss or his superior or more senior referee. I don't know. But the thing is that ever since the Super League was overturned, I feel like it should have happened. It should have had happened because the way how things are going on, it's as good as Super League. Mm. I mean, big teams, they have their own monopoly. They have their own thing going on, spend lots of money. They have these war decisions. I think yeah, it was better or maybe 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Not for, this is, this is, not for me. This is, not for not for me, Noob. I mean, it's the same evil, uh, bro. I think I like I like the I like the other teams in the league. Like, are you I saying like to me? Come I on, like them man. too, but I wouldn't I wouldn't want Manchester United and other big teams who like to play with VAR and stuff. I I think not I sure. think there I'm is something. Sure. Yeah, I think I think there is something with War and these big teams. I think so. Anyway, Henry. Well, anyway, Henry. Since that moment, mm -hmm. we actually, from that moment on, we actually played even better. Like we were absolutely all over them, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really came back into the game. Um, I think there were. I don't, were there many actual clear chances? I know Arsenal had a lot of possession, and they yeah, but they, they were showing possession the, around the box. Very, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. They were showing a statistic that we had like many times more touches in the in the box. In the yeah, in the box, yeah. So like that was that was. I don't know if there were any chances, but we were playing really well. Very dominant football. Manchester United, they were under the cosh. <laughs> That's right. You know, so. Yes. And then the sucker a punch. Uh, it was a sucker punch when Anthony, of all people, the new United signing, the one that even United fan Leontes, our regular here, said he was he didn't understand why it happened. <laughs> um, he scored the first goal, and that was a sucker punch, as he said. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I think that's sort of that's the way the sort of Man United had sort of planned to play the game, didn't they? They, the the idea was to basically, you know, uh, sit back, um, take the pressure, um, yeah. when you've got a chance, hit the ball as fast as you can to Rashford and see if he can do something with it, and that was <laughs> that was basically what happened, and it worked. Yep. Just going back to that Antonio's goal, yeah, when he scored it, they were showing Cristiano Ronaldo on camera, as they would do, because he's on, <laughs> on the bench, right? So, Nrup, he seemed actually quite happy. He was, like, clapping his hands, and he seemed genuinely happy for his rival to score that goal. So, how do you think he was feeling? Do you think he was really genuinely um, hoping uh, he was genuinely uh, feeling good about that, or do you think he, he had some sort of uh, mixed feelings in his head. <laughs> not sure. No, not sure if you would like to compare Ronaldo, one of the all-time greats, with some mere I don't know, eight hundred million Portuguese <laughs> Brazilian. Who? Anthony, well, he's Anthony playing. Who, Ronaldo Martial. isn't. Right? Yeah, well, the problem he is, is he he's he was playing and Ronaldo wasn't. So yeah, he he was, but I don't think he uh, I think he was probably. Like a mentor, mentor due to uh, Anthony, and I think Ronaldo was really proud of him. At least okay. he scored a goal and made the team win. And I think Ronaldo is oh. a team player. He's a leader. It yeah, didn't look good. like it at the beginning of the season, but if if you <laughs> are right, yeah. yeah, I think this could be the decisive thing actually. If Ten Hag manages to um, find the right balance and uh, get out the top. Toxicity. Maybe it was coming from the social media, but Ronaldo's body language, to be honest, 
I mean, he's I, a competitive I thought, person. I thought he didn't. He he looked like someone he who should get out of that team. Um, what do you think, Henry? Where do you stand on Ronaldo at the United? I don't know. It, it, for me, Ronaldo's always been about Ronaldo. And yeah. so, you know, if he's going to Manchester United, it's, it's for some, I don't know how interested he is in actually being at Manchester United. I think he's probably interested in in, in his own scoring record and, you know, being the, the top scorer in the Champions League or whatever. So the fact and that he's the, now on the and bench. The, and, the, and the trophies. Yeah, I think... Yeah, maybe the trophies. Yeah, I think this one. That this he's season, on the bench. Yeah. He's he on the bench, seen. and he doesn't play. He doesn't get to play the Champions League. So, exactly. it's not ideal for him, is it? It's not at all. Uh, he's just not sticking to his words that he said before joining United. And yeah, in my opinion, he should have left a long time ago. Now he stayed, and at least until the January and, transfer window, yeah. but. United after the first two games when they got defeated in each of them. Now they got the four wins in a row. So it looks like uh, I think Ten Hag said that the did he mention the word revolution or something in mm -hmm. one of his post-match interviews or one of the post-match conferences? <laughs> he mentioned the word revolution or something. Is this is this a United revolution, Henry? <laughs> I don't know. I I see a lot of parallels between Arsenal and Manchester United, and I think uh, Manchester United is sort of behind Arsenal in in their process of sort of figuring out how to be a big team again, and and it seems to me at the moment it reminds me of when Arteta first came in and he had this idea of being able to play you know nice Pep Guardiola football and then really quickly realised that the players weren't good enough to do it. And so put five people at the back and played on the break. And I yeah. think Ten Hag has come to the same moment in his in his career when he's like, I'd love to play this beautiful tiki-taka football, but I'm not doing it with uh, Maguire in defence. So <laughs> yeah. from now on, we'll stay back and we kick the ball to uh, Rashford as fast as we can. And it seems to be working. Their counter-attacking yeah. style seems to be working. Well, and, let's see uh, what happens... Because I'd, I'd be interested to know, like, I wonder with Tottenham and with Manchester United, this can work against big teams that come on to you. Yeah. But do they have the ability to break down the, 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 the smaller Brighton. teams? Yes. Teams yeah. like that. Brentford. Mm -hmm. What happened there? 4-0. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. When they have to create, they might be struggling with, the, with these players. Bruno Fernandes doesn't seem to be the same Bruno Fernandes from two years ago. Like... I don't know. Ericsson, um, at the moment, he seems to be playing well, but you know, he was he was in hospital recently. You know, it wasn't that long ago that uh, you know. So, how's his season going to pan out? We can ask Nrup. Yeah, Nrup. Obviously, Nrup, uh, you are a future <laughs> doctor. So, uh, do you think that, that what happened to him could have made him stronger, or? you think it's it's in, always on his mind whenever he plays games i think it's, it's a, i think it's always in his mind i'm pretty sure he must have got some clearance i think he knows his risks otherwise he wouldn't be playing football at all uh, yeah I'm, I'm surprised that with the way he the things that he experienced and then where he's right now you don't you don't expect a player no. to play at such high level of football you know 
that to Premier League, which demands a lot of physicality than technicality. So exactly, yeah, I'm surprised. Well, it shows shows how strong his character is, and yeah, uh, I think he was the man of the match. Was it Rashford or him? I think it, I was, think it was Ericsson. Rashford. It was Rashford, Rashford or Ericsson. But Ericsson played quite well as well. And um, yeah, I think um, absolutely next to McTominay. McTominay is like this guy that's like more like a wrestler almost. Yeah, he just doesn't, you know, doesn't possess uh, technical abilities. But he, he is a guy you want to have in your team for different reasons, I guess. And um, very, very physical. So yeah, maybe it might be the right balance now with Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Who knows? Sometimes it's all about the, the wins. Like if you keep winning, yeah, then you get the confidence back. The fans are behind you. You know, four wins is very nice. It's a very nice run for them. Yeah, uh, I think on paper, four wins are, is quite good. But I think you know how Man United have been winning the past few games. 1-0, yeah. close, close calls. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, they just started to get their basics right. They've got some... Yeah signings via splashing some money but still it's a long process to become a top top team and yeah they should learn from arsenal they should learn from chelsea in a way before yeah. mauricio sari got in yeah and when it comes to arsenal uh, i heard an opinion that some people thought that after those four game after five wins out of five matches uh, people didn't trust arsenal too much because arguably on paper those teams were not the best teams in the league but then i heard an opinion that after seeing this sixth match which we lost ironically now uh, because we played so well in that game against united now people have actually they think we might be uh, top four contenders what do you I'm think surprised. about this henry what do you think uh yeah i mean I'm, I've been an Arsenal fan for a while, so I'm, I always sort of err on the negative side, to be quite honest. And so I was yeah. looking at the fixtures that are coming up now over the next sort of couple of weeks, and I'm just thinking, oh, God, this is going to be a really tough run of games, you know, that's coming up. So I, I love this team, and I'm really happy with the sort of general plan and everything is going on. And, yeah, why not? Yeah, maybe we can. I mean, they missed out on top four by... How many points last season? One point, two points. And let's not mention uh, who who got in front of Arsenal. That's also <laughs> something we shouldn't but, talk I mean, about. Is is the team this year like five points better? Maybe eight points better? Because if it is, then we got a chance at top four. I think it's the most important thing. It's Jesus and Zilchenko better. <laughs> That's for me the most important thing. Is Jesus better? Zilchenko better. That's that's the difference there for me at least. What I'm surprised, Anik. I'm surprised, Anik. You could hear those uh, criticisms because I couldn't hear them from the top of the table. You know, I just cannot. If you know what I mean. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. exactly. We we lost a game. Oh, and we are oh. still top of the league because City exactly. <laughs> City got through draws. Exactly. So. They even drew against Aston Villa. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, Who could have won the game, by the way? I've already talked about it. Not only that, we have had our injuries and we have had our issues as well. So, yeah, I think I think uh, it's just part and parcel of the game. You know, Arsenal, mm -hmm. now we have got good backup. Before, we used to struggle with, I don't know, even the 
average of the average players. But yeah, yeah. now, okay, we don't have a left back. We have Zinchenko. You don't have Zinchenko. We have other center backs who can play that role. So we have got our simple backups, and I'm looking forward to have Partey back. I think he's coming back soon. Elneny will be out for months, and yeah. Yeah. yeah hopefully, it will be a party again. Um, yeah. But uh, was you solid. know, I think it was really solid. I think the main thing, the main takeaway from this game is that we played really well, mm-hmm. and even I think even the Manchester United fans and um, the pundits, they all they all said it. So they, you uh, have to remember, it's I Old th- Old Trafford. We have yeah. won, I think, one in the last sixteen games at Old Trafford. Yeah. So I think yeah. even if we would have won, it would have been a it would have been an it would have been a historical win, and not only yeah. that, um, United were leading from half time, and United till now since the beginning of Premier League haven't lost a game when they were leading from half time. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But but. Yet we should say that it was a really flattering scoreline for Manchester United. It was, it was, yeah, good for them. It's a young team as well. It's a very young team. You know, you got William Saliba in the middle of your defence, and he's an amazing player. But still, for some, um, you know, who? How old is he? What, nineteen? Something crazy. Yeah, nineteen. Something. Anyway, he's, you know, to go to Old Trafford uh, yeah. and play in a game like that. It's so difficult to keep your cool. It's so difficult to sort of remember what you're supposed to be doing and everything. Yeah, and the the Arsenal fans they they were not as loud as in the previous game, so they didn't sing the tequila song uh, (laughs) loud enough because it's difficult, you know, to to be louder than um, the United fans because they are very loud. Okay, Uh, we've got a message here from Happy Hammeret. Hi, fellas. Hope you're well. Um, Happy Hammeret. West Ham United fan, thank you very much for the comment. And I think it's high time. I don't think we will have time to discuss other matches. I mean, there's so much we could talk about. Haaland scoring his 10th goal, breaking all the records he could. City not managing to beat Aston Villa. Uh, What else was there? Brighton dominating, winning 5-2 against Leicester. Leicester having only one point, being bottom of the league. Brendan Rodgers' job is on the line. So much we could talk about. I don't know. But we don't have time for that, guys, because I want to quickly go through our heroes and villains of the week. Uh, So let's do the heroes of the week first. Right, who would like to start? I can go first. Uh, My hero of the week would be Eric Ten Hag for... (laughs) The complete turnover he has done, and for defeating a team like Arsenal, the table toppers. <laughs> yeah, good job. Uh, That's ironic. I think, yeah, okay. I think, yeah, it is a yeah. raise. Good. And what about you, Henry? Uh, well, it would have to be an Arsenal player, so I'll go for uh, Bukayo Saka. I okay. think uh, he is just the most remarkable, like, reliable player. And even though at the moment Jesus and Martinelli, I think, have been an Odegaard as well and been getting a lot of attention, every game Bukayo Saka is there and plays a 9 out of 10. He's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. And every time he has to be marked and double marked and yeah. he attracts a lot of attention and yeah. the goals will come. The goals will come. Because you can't focus on all these good players. Now we have a lot of them <laughs> up front, right? 
Right. So <clears throat> Saka will score his goal. He scored his first goal now against United. F yeah. First goal of the season. And I'm sure more will come, more to follow. Okay, good choice. Uh, my hero of the week is going to be Mac Alistair from Brighton. Uh, so I watched that Brighton game yesterday against Leicester. Two and goals. Mac Alistair was just out of this world. He was amazing. The, he scored a fantastic, a phenomenal goal. I don't think he will ever strike the ball so sweetly anymore, honestly. It was such a cracking goal. But it was disallowed by VAR! <laughs> Lo and behold, VAR <laughs> got involved. And then, but yet, he scored a penalty later on. And then, in the added time, in the extra time, he had a free kick and he smashed it in the, into the top corner. Wow. So, Mac Alistair was just incredible in that game. And um, I'm thinking of getting him for my fantasy team as well. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to get mine, mine out of the way quickly. It has to be VAR. <laughs> I think it should be a person, but, you know, this week it can't be any, anything else than VAR, honestly. So that's me. I'm voting for VAR. How about you two, boys? I wouldn't be going mainstream. I think I'll, I'll have to give a shout out to Brendan Rogers because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it's time. I think his time is up. His time. <laughs> his time is up. Just one point of six games, five games, and it's Leicester. You know, I think I think yeah, they, they, it's less than you would expect. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Henry. What do you think? <laughs> Well, I, I would have said VAR, um, and it, I don't watch many games, uh, mostly Arsenal games, and so I don't really want to give a villain of the week to anyone at Arsenal, so I'll just say Harry Kane. That's the same thing. <laughs> it's a generic pick. Usually yeah, people exactly. pick, pick Harry Maguire or Harry, Harry Kane here on this show. <laughs> Harry is a Harry. Harry always wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why, do you, why are you giving it to Kane, then? Just because oh, he's from, like, because he's a Spurs, Spurs. Um, yeah, player. and because he's so good, and he always sort of manages to score, and he always manages to score <laughs> against Arsenal, and he's yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, guys, uh, let's just quickly do the FPL. Uh, Henry, I don't know if you want to stay for that. That is up to you. I'll go if that's alright with you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for featuring today. It was a real pleasure to have another thanks. Gooner on the show. <laughs> That's right, the Gooner podcast. Hey, it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Okay, cheers. All right, guys. All the best. Bye-bye. See ya. Okay, let's do the FPL section. Okay, Nrup. Fantasy Premier League. Yeah, so I, um, I totally got lost because of the midweek and everything, and I didn't even change my score, and I have fallen yeah. really bad. You are in the last bad. position, Noop. Yeah, Look at this. I just, what happened? I know. <laughs> I, I actually saw it yesterday, and then, and then later, <laughs> and and then later, I just had a whole. I don't know. 
I, I just changed my whole team. There was a big. Did you? Oh, did you play wild card? Did you play wild no, card? No, no, no I, I still haven't played the wild wild card yet. Because if yeah, you I... change your whole team, it's gonna cost you a lot of points, you know. So you, if you want to change a lot of players, you might as well play the wild card. No, I just change yeah. one player every day, and yeah, if you only change, well, you can only change one player per week per game week, right? For free. Yeah. yeah. So. so anyway, you are only four points behind. Uh, so, no, it's actually not four points. It's more than that. Uh, Fourteen points, right? Yeah. My mathematics. Is it fifteen? Fourteen or twenty-four? Twenty-four. What is it? You, you're twenty-four is it points be behind uh, Leontes. No worries. I'll I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> twenty-four. No, nah, you can still do that. I mean, that was not Leontes' best week. He has he only got twenty three points. So you on you also started the league late, right? You missed yeah, the I first did. week. I yeah, mean, so that, I missed first three weeks. So I. But didn't no, score. no, no. But but when did you join? I joined uh, after third game week, I think. Right. So I can see you made three transfers. So it will be minus eight points for you. Yeah. 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 So basically, who? So what changes did you make to your team then? Uh, I don't know. Can you check my current team? I I'm looking at your cash. team. No, that's my. At... But this is this is this is the points from the previous yeah, game yeah. week. I so don't I don't, how, it doesn't show me like your. It doesn't show me your team. So I, I don't think well, I can do that. I sold cash. I don't have. Uh... Right, he's injured. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have uh, the, the the subs anymore. Those Reem and Stanfield. Yeah, Reem and Stanfield. I, yeah, okay. I think I sold Kulusevski for. I think. Did you? I'm not sure. Did you? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. But you have Mitrovic yeah. and Jesus, like I do. I also have Mitrovic mm -hmm. now. We have similar players. I have De Bruyne, Martinelli, Mitrovic, and Jesus, mm -hmm. and I have Alexander Arnold. So we have five same players actually. Yeah. Six, six same players. Wow. Okay. I also have Sanchez. You also have Sanchez. Okay. So going back to our league, Kahal, Kahal is back. He's top of the league with 382 points, followed by Tom Smith with 377 points, and Jack Francis in the third place. So, yeah, myself, I'm in the 10th place. I had a relatively all right week. I mean, it was above average. I got points, like, I got four, 54 points, which is, like, nine points above average. Or is it 11 points? My math skills are terrible, guys. It's nine, nine. That's nine. I got nine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, nine points above, above average is good. But, so I got, like, finally, yeah, I decided Haaland, to yeah. captain Haaland. Yeah, so I captain Haaland after those two hat-tricks. And it was a good decision, although... My best player of the week was Trossard, right? He got 12 points. So I asked um, Jack, the Brighton fan that has been on this show before, if I should buy Trossard or Gross. And he said, definitely Trossard, yeah? And then the moment I did it, Gross scored a goal. <laughs> but then Trossard yeah, but did very well in the, in the last game. Haaland is the new Mohamed Salah for every FPL Absolutely, it's, it's he's essential. And you can't play I, without Holland. You can't play without Holland. I I can't find him on the market, so I couldn't sign him. He's definitely there. You need to look. I, I searched him, and he wasn't there. But, 
But the problem is that you can't make these changes like that because you're going to lose points. You have to wait until you have the money. You have to like yeah. work with your budget. Yeah, that's the issue. So also like you could do wildcard at some point and then you just change your team com like you completely redo your team, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, guys, um, don't forget that you guys can join our league if you want. There will be a link in the description of this show. Uh, and um yeah, um Tell us in the comments if you've played the Fantasy League, how you're doing, if you're watching right now. How did your team do? Uh, let us know in the comments. And uh, I don't know, is there anything else to say, Nrup? I think that's it. Uh, looking forward to our weekend game versus Everton. Yeah. It's going to be a bit tough game, considering they drew against Liverpool. Yeah, and it was a great game from them, by the way. They got yeah. a bit, little bit lucky because uh, there were a lot of, like, posts hit and uh, crossbars and things like that but but i thought they deserved that point because they they were really yeah. good in that game it was a it was a fantastic merseyside derby by the way when whenever there is a nil nil result you're sort of like disappointed and it sort of it makes you think that the game you know you sort of your first imp your, your your first sort of image is that oh it must have been a boring game Actually, yeah. I watched that game and it was a fantastic game. It was a great game. I really yeah. enjoyed that Merseyside derby. I read some tweets and yeah, I think both the teams, yeah. I'm not sure about Liverpool, but definitely Everton, they fought well. I think they took the advantage of how weak the Liverpool's attack has been. Mm -hmm. Salah is not, not, not at his best. I think since, since the um, AFCON, mm -hmm. he hasn't been the same Salah. And we are talking about FPL, FPL here. I think a lot of players, a lot of FPL managers started selling him as well. And uh, that is surprising. He was the most expensive. He is still the most expensive player. He's worth 13 million pounds. Yeah. So um, wow. I'm just looking at player information. He is, what's that? Yeah. He's like half, half of the all half of all uh, fantasy Premier League managers have him selected. Look, 49.2%. Uh, but I think it's less than at the start of the season, for sure. Definitely. I think people will be buying uh, Holland more and more. Or the maybe reason, they'll have... Exactly. Have, and, yeah. and that's also the reason I got De Bruyne, because like... He's cheaper, yeah? He's 9 million cheaper. That's one thing. Another thing is, like, with combination with Haaland, City only scored one goal against Aston Villa. Yeah. And De Bruyne got the assist and Haaland exactly. scored. So, like, it's either I did the right thing. Or, or you can get Bernardo Silva. I think even that's yeah. good. No, Silva. But De Bruyne, he takes all the free kicks as well and mm -hmm. all, the, all the set pieces. So, it's like, honestly, De Bruyne has to be the guy. And yeah, he's more expensive than Silva, but I, I don't know. Like, I can't afford Salah now. So, like, Definitely. if Salah starts playing well, I might consider uh, getting him back into my team at De Bruyne's expense at some point. But for now, I'm sticking with De Bruyne. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, guys, we have got one more comment before we wrap this up from Martin Smith. 
And he says, I can't believe my position. Let's have a look at Martin's position in the league. Uh, it's not, it can't be as bad as Nrup. As Nrup's, yeah. Oh, he means it in a positive sense. I can't believe my position. Martin is in the sixth place. Wow. Martin, you must be doing you you must be doing a fantastic job because I remember at the start of the season. Let me have a look at the score. You were not you were not uh, uh, up there in the best positions, but yeah, because you have Mac Allister. I I talked about Mac Allister on this show how good he was, and he was my hero of the week. And now you can see the proof: fourteen points, fourteen points for Martin. Great choice. He's on penalties. Brighton are flying right now. Fantastic choice. Obviously, Captain Haaland, like everyone else, and Thiago Silva. Got yeah, he's my new signing, Thiago Silva. <laughs> really? Yeah, I needed a Chelsea defender because yeah. there's no other defender that plays really well. You know, Van and you know what's funny? Out. You know what's funny? What? Martin, who I know is German, he has Havertz on bench. And he should have played him because Havertz got six points from the bench. Yeah. So that's unfortunate, starts. Martin. You should trust your countrymen a little bit more, Martin. Look at Havertz. He scored. He scored a goal. Yeah, that he scored. He scored the winner against uh, West Ham. I remember that. All right then. So uh, thank you very much, Nrup, for featuring on this show. No, and everyone not. else for watching. Please give this video a like if you enjoyed this. And um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe and all that. And uh, take care. And until next time. Until next time, my friend. Bye, mate. Take care. Bye -bye. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.